0: With Thrive Church family, it is so good to have you with us in service today. Uh, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1. We're going to look at a portion of Scripture that is one of my favorites uh, in all of the Word of God. And I have lots of favorites, but this is absolutely one of those that is a a go-to passage. You know, in the midst of the changing world that we live in, with the elections this last week, of course, with everything else that's been happening in 2020, uh, we recognize that the world is in flux, that it is constantly changing, that it's somewhat unpredictable. And, you know, even as we look at 2021 coming and and there's this sense of hope, Lord, that there will be new things for this new year, uh, but we just don't know what's around the corner. But here's what I do know is that God's word stands forever. In fact, Hebrews 13:8 tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that when we come to the Lord, when we come to his word, that we can find hope, that we can find peace, that we can find an anchor for our souls. And so I want to invite you wherever you're at today, whatever your life looks like, whatever you've been walking through, would you set aside the distractions? Would you just quiet your heart before the Lord uh, for these next few minutes? And would you allow Him to speak to you? Would you treat this moment almost as uh, a shelter from the storms, a place where you can hide out and and just hear what God would want to deposit to you? And that's my prayer today, that you would hear His voice, more than you hear my voice that the spirit of god would just move through me and and move through his word today to bring encouragement exactly to the point that you need it in the midst of everything that's happening in the world around us so john chapter 1 we we are continuing in our god is series we've been talking about what it means to go to be a people who go our four missional statements as a church are no grow serve go that we would know God grow as disciples serve like Jesus served and then go into all the world and so we're in the last portion of the year and so we're focusing on that last missional component that to, that that being that we would go and we we've been talking about the fact that God is a missionary God, that, that the Father sent Jesus and that Jesus came to us. And we're going to read about that even a little bit more today. We've been talking about uh, the idea that, that we are a part of God's mission. It's not that the church has a mission, but it's that God's mission has a church, that God has been working in the world, and that he calls us as his sons, as his daughters, as his bride, uh, all of these these amazing metaphors, that we would partner with him in his mission, the mission of God, Missio Dei, that God has been at work in the world for a long time and we get to work with him. And so that's our focus again today. So John chapter 1, starting in verse 1 through 14. By the way, this, this passage, at least part of this passage, was in our reading for the Lectio Divina from this last week. Uh, if you've not had a chance to download that, please do. Uh, it's available at ThriveGlendora.org. Or uh, if you would still like a hard copy, we'd love to send one to you. Just go to thriveglendore.org and you can fill out the form that th- that's there on the website. Or there's a link in the chat that you can click on and uh, and request a copy. And I encourage you, be in the Word. Would you take this time over these next few months and would you join with your church family and let's be in the Word together. I'm going to read verses 1 through 14 and then we're going to kind of work our way overcome it. Uh, Can I get an amen? Just wherever you're at, just say amen to that. There was a man sent by God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. That's part of God's missional purpose right there. Verse 14, the word became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son. Who came from the father. Full of grace and truth. The word. You'll notice that the word here is a capital W. Because it's a reference to the person of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the word of life. He is the word of light. That the word became flesh. That, the, that Jesus became incarnate. He moved into our space. He moved into our neighborhood. He moved into into creation, into the world he had created. He made his dwelling among us. He became a part of his creation. And through that, we have now seen his glory, the glory of the sun. We're gonna close on that passage in a few minutes here, but I wanna talk through uh, some of these verses and, and unpack them a little bit for us today. This picture of light, it's, it's one of the most powerful and recognizable metaphors that are used in Scripture to describe God. When we talk about who is God uh, and, and what are some of his characteristics, what is his nature like, that, that the word of God says this, that God is light, that God is light. And that's our focus today. God is light. And we see very clearly here in John chapter 1 that Jesus is light that that the light had come into the world so why does scripture use this image of light it light is something that we all understand i think there's a lot of pictures in scripture and metaphors in scripture that are not as applicable for us when we talk about shepherds Uh, none of us are shepherds none of us really or maybe maybe you are apologies if you are but i don't know any shepherds personally i don't know anyone who tends to to flocks we we, most of us are not farmers. Uh, we don't under, you know, we, we don't have vineyards and uh, we don't understand a lot of those metaphors as much as we would if we were living in that time and in that culture. But light is one of those that really transcends time and, and transcends the, the, the generations and the seasons that we've lived through, that we understand light in our culture. We get light we We understand what it means to have light, even right now i 'm standing in a room that that there are lights all around me that are helping to illuminate so that the camera can pick up that image and light has been bounced off of me and off uh, you know, out of the t v and I, even back here there's a light that's shining, and that light is being captured by this camera and that's been broadcast light light is just all around us it's something that that we get. And so there's these different dimensions, these different aspects of light. Light we understand is is physical and scientific. There's a like I said that that these light waves are bouncing around in this place and the the reason that you're able to see me on your TV or on your iPad or your phone today uh, is because of light, these light waves that are being transmitted. Uh, illumination right we we know that during the day that the sun comes up and it lights the planet and and at any given moment half of the planet is uh in darkness and half of the planet is light and and even more so like this last weekend we had a full moon and when that light is reflecting off the moon from the sun that the night is not as dark but when there's no moon uh or it's a cloudy night it's a lot darker and so science, the science of light that brings uh, illumination uh, the, uh, the science of light brings illumination it brings heat uh energy energy is a big one right now we're talking about solar panels and the ability to capture the energy that comes from the sun and turn it into electricity farmers understand that you need light in order for there to be growth when we lived in alaska Uh, you know, of course, in the winter, it snowed, snowed for seven, eight months of the year, there would be snow on the ground. And so we didn't have to mow the lawn, we had to plow the driveway. But boy, when the sun came out in the summer, and it was light for 22 hours a day, I was mowing out grass twice a week, because the light, there was so much light causing that grass just to, to grow like crazy. Farmers up in Alaska will grow crops in a very short amount of time, or uh, you go to the Alaska State Fair, and there would be these prize-winning cabbages that weigh eight hundred pounds because because of the light that was present and allowed those those plants to grow, and and then even uh, the the light spectrum that uh, there's waves, infrared right, infra, infrared light, and and UV light, and X rays, and gamma rays, all a part of this light, uh, this light spectrum that impacts our lives in different ways spiritually we understand light as well and that carries through with that metaphor a little bit for us we understand that l- that light and dark become a picture of good versus evil or the uh, angelic versus the de- demonic uh, i don't know i don't know if you're a star wars fan in our house we're star wars fans of course we we've watched the the first uh, first couple of installments of the mandalorian if you haven't checked it out Really great series, but, but that whole, that whole uh, series of shows and, and, and that, whole, um, that whole movie, uh, um, missing the word, the, the whole movie series of the Star Wars uh, saga, there it is, that saga is built around dark and light. That that George Lucas developed this this imagery that right Luke when when Darth Vader calls to him to come to the dark side and the dark side is the, the, the side that's nefarious and, and but the light the light is uh, is the Jedi and it's the force of good in the world that that even in our pop culture we see light and darkness being juxtaposed or put against each other showing that one is good and one is bad. Mentally, we, we get this. Like, you ever seen the cartoon where someone has an idea or gets some kind of understanding what happens? There's a light bulb that goes off over the top of their head. Why? Because when, when, you're, when your thinking becomes illuminated, you, you gain greater understanding. Uh, we look at it morally. Light fa- factors in morally, that what's moral versus immoral or just Versus unjust love versus hate can really be characterized as what is light and what is darkness, and then even emotionally, this picture of something being light that there there would be a presence of light uh just bringing peace and safety and security. but when you're in a dark place, we would say that oh, I'm just really in a dark place could really point to sadness or or even depression, and so this picture of light is really, it's one that carries through culturally for us, it's one that we understand, and so it's its with this in mind, it's with the this idea, remember God's word is timeless, and when he breathed his word, when he allowed here, in this case, the apostle John to write these words, it was the spirit of God putting those words in him, to, to, to breathe those words into Into existence. And so God uses this picture because He wants us to know Him. Church, hear me in this. God wants us to know Him. In fact, all of this in John chapter 1 that we read about is all about God desiring for us to be able to know Him, to see Him, to engage Him, to be a part of His family. God is not hiding Himself that God is not withdrawn himself, that God is not messing with our heads or, 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 or just he's not departed. He's not the God up in the sky who, who is not involved in our lives. He's very near. He's very near and he wants to make himself known. So I want to back up a little bit. So with this picture of light, in John chapter one, verses one through four, it says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. As I said before, this capital W indicates that this isn't uh, a word as, as we would understand just a, oh, I just said a word and that's a, a description of letters coming together and forming a sound in my mouth. But here it is, the word, the capital W word that is Jesus. He's the authorita- authoritative word. He is the one who has the final word. He is the word that is forever forever. And it says that the, in the beginning, Jesus was there, that the word, that Jesus was there in the beginning at creation. And, and that Jesus was with God and that there was this relationship that they were together, that they were present with each other. But, but then it also says, John writes, that the word, that Jesus was God and, and that not only was he God, but he still is God. This passage really establishes the authority that Jesus has over all creation. See, he was at, he was present at creation. He was with the Father. He was with God. And, and, and he is God. And, and then it says, he, he writes, that through him all things were made. Without nothing was made that has been made. All things were made through him. That Jesus was a part of, he was an active part of creation. And here's the thing. When, when you are the maker, when you are the creator, it means that, that you have authority over it. If you make it, you have mastery over it. Let me say that again. If you make something, you are the master of it. You, you understand it more fully than anyone else does. That, that you, you, you can perceive the, the intricacies that, that are involved because you came up with them. They were your idea. And so John here is establishing the authority of who Jesus is, where he has come from, and, and the role that he has played in the Godhead. So critical for us because we need to understand that Jesus is the final word. That he is the final word. Paul, uh, rather, John goes on to say, in him was life. In him was life. In the Garden of Eden, it says that God formed Adam from the dust of the earth, and then he breathed life. He breathed his spirit, his pneuma, his, his, his very life into Adam, and Adam came alive out of that dust, out of what had been formed out of the earth. Jesus was there. Jesus was a part of it. Jesus was a part of that breath. And, and so in him was in his life, and he says that that life was the light of all mankind. And here this picture is connected, light and life, life and light. Those two go together, that Jesus is both light and he is life, that he brings light into the world. And through that light, we are. Br- there is new life that is breathed into us. In fact, it, it, Jesus, it says that, that Jesus had come Uh, And he he brings this new life, this life that was lost in the garden and the separation that that happened between God and man because of the fall, because of sin, that Jesus now comes and he brings new life and he revitalizes our lives through the light and the life that comes through him. Verse 5, it says this, The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. This is so critical for us to get. The darkness cannot overcome the light. Light beats darkness every time. Light beats darkness every time. Have you ever noticed that it doesn't take a lot of light to overcome a lot of darkness? A little bit of light overcomes a lot of darkness. That you, in, on the darkest night, if there's just a glimmer of light, just a little bit of light, your eye will be drawn to it. For those who would be lost, a, a sailor out on the ocean, uh, you know, in the midst of a storm when they would see the light of the shore that they would know, oh, I'm, I'm close to safety. I'm close to being in a, in a safe place. The light does not overcome the darkness. I think there's this, thinking this idea that light and dark are equal opposites. That light and dark are, uh, you know, like, like a yin and a yang kind of, kind of deal, that they, 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 that they would balance each other, but they don't. That light and the light of God overcomes any kind of darkness that it encounters, that it comes across. The light overcomes the darkness. And John is saying here that the light, the ultimate light had come into the world that the light of hope had come into the world see this is critical for us because where there is light there is life and where there is life there is an anchor for us to to attach our hope to his name is Jesus so I want to talk about a couple of things as uh, in the, the time we have left today see that God is light but he is light in two different ways God is light to you and God is light through you. When we talk about the mission of God, that God is light to you, but then God is also light through you. So let's talk about God is light to you. It says in verse 11 through 13 of John chapter one about Jesus, that he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is such good news. This is the good news. See, he came to a world and not everyone received him. Here's a reference to the Jewish people to Jesus' own people. And there were so many who rejected him, so many who didn't receive the light, who didn't recognize the light. But then John writes this in verse 12, to all who did receive him and to all who still receive him, to those who would believe in his name, he has given the right to become children of God. And why can he give this right? Because he has the authority. He has the ultimate Authority. And so he gives this right for us to become children of God, children not born of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but that we become spiritually reborn in God when we put our faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus. See, this is the light that has come to you. No matter where you are, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what your life has looked like up until this point, that Jesus says, I have come to you. I've come to give my life for you. I've come to bring life to you. The light coming into the world brings life. Jesus has brought life. In fact, Jesus says this of himself in John chapter 8 verse 12. He says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And there's that connection again. Light and life go together. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Hear what Jesus is saying. In the midst of all of the darkness, in the midst of, of, you know, one of the things happens when you're in the dark, you're stumbling around, you get lost. Even in a place that might be familiar, if there's darkness, you can get lost. Jesus says, in the midst of a dark world, Where people have lost their way, he says, I am the light of the world. I've come to light the way, light this way back into relationship with the Father. And he says, If you will follow me, if you will walk with me, if you will walk in the light of who I am, you will never walk in darkness. Church, hear this. Jesus, this is a promise from Jesus to us that if we will put our faith in him and our trust in him, that we will never walk in darkness, that we will never walk in darkness, that we can, we can understand who we are and whose we are. We can have that relationship with God that will illuminate every aspect of our lives. He says we will not walk in darkness, but we will have for ourselves the light of life. You see, God is light to you. It's amazing news. But there's more. See, God is not just light to you, but God is also light through you. God is light to you, but he is also light through you. And this is a part of our missional purpose, being a part of God's mission, a part of God's design to partner with him in the work that he's doing in the world. So in verse 6 through 9 of of John chapter 1 says this, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now, of course, I've, I've backed up a little bit. We jumped ahead and now we're coming back to this portion. The, uh, John the Baptist, rather, was Jesus's cousin. He was the, the son of Elizabeth and here in a few weeks at Christmas, we'll, we'll read about uh, their story and, and how he was born. He was born uh, in, v- in very t- a close time proximity to when Jesus was born. Um, but they were cousins. And it says of John that, that God sent him, that John was sent ahead to be one who would point. He would testify. He was a witness to the light that was coming into the world. So that when the light appeared, that all who put their faith in him would believe. That the people would turn to Jesus, that they would recognize him. You see the, 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 the loving way that God moves. He says, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you someone who's going to point. I'm going to make it as, as easy as possible so that you can trust me and believe me. And so he points, John points to Jesus. says that he was not the light. He came as a witness to the light. Listen to that. He was a witness to the light. But the true light was coming into the world. The light that gives light to everyone. Jesus was coming. See, John had a different perspective because he preceded Jesus and pointed the way to Jesus. But here's the difference for us. Jesus has now come. But in the same way that John was a witness to Jesus, we're called to be a witness to the light, to be people who point to Jesus, but with one very big difference. I want want you to listen carefully to what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. This is Jesus speaking to the crowd, and he says to them, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And we read in John chapter eight, where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But now he turns this and he says to the disciples, he says to his audience, he says to you, and he says to me, he says to the church in the midst of the season that we're living, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put uh, people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. An incredible picture of light here, Jesus talking to us, saying this, you are the light of the world, that the light that came to us through the person of Jesus Christ, the light that brought us life, now lives in us and that this light is supposed to shine through our lives. And that's why I said, God is light not just to us, but his light shines through us to the world around us. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. When you're traveling at night and you see that light on the horizon, there is no way to hide it. There's no way to hide it. If you're coming to LA, maybe from uh, head, heading into in, into the Los Angeles area from Arizona you can see the glow of the light of the city long before you even arrive in the city it can't hide it he says neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl here of course we we don't light oil lamps like they did uh in those days in in, in that time there would have really been one light in the house the, the house would have been one maybe two rooms and so they would take uh, an oil lamp burn olive oil and we'd have that wick in it and they would light it and they would put it up on a stand so that it would provide light for the entire house for that for that one room now of course for us we walk into a room and we flip a light switch and that light comes on but but even there we understand that those lights those fixtures are placed in such a way that they will bring light to the, the, the room is, you know, usually it's in the, in the ceiling, that light fixture will be in the ceiling right in the center of the room so it can shine light to the whole room. And so the light will be placed in a strategic place to bring the greatest degree of illumination. Jesus says this, you're the light of the world, but, but you understand that a light can't be hidden and a light doesn't get put under a bowl. It's, it's placed strategically so that it illuminates, it, get, it brings light to everyone who sees it, whether in the house or in the community. And so he says to the disciples and he says to us, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Let your light shine. See, you have a choice in whether or not to shine that light. You have a choice whether or not the light of who Jesus is shines through your life or becomes hidden. And it doesn't take a huge stretch of the imagination in the season we're in to recognize that 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 we can tell when someone is letting the light of Jesus shine or not. And I'm talking about inside of the church, I'm talking outside of the church. We're called to be people of light, people of love, people of life, people of truth. We've got to take that responsibility and say, God, am I letting my light shine in this moment, in my neighborhood, in my community? Am I letting his light shine or is something else coming out of my life? Is something else emanating from who I am? Jesus here gives this this mandate. He 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 implores them, hey, listen, in the same way, you wouldn't hide this light. Why would you ever let the light of his love be hidden? Let your light shine. Make sure that your light is shining. I tell you what, when it comes to the mission of God and reaching our our community and, and impacting the world, the best thing we can do is just to live in such a way that the light of God is the thing that people see more than anything else. That's it. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. We overthink it. God is just simply saying this to us. Let your light shine. Let his light shine through you. Own that light. Make it yours. Live so that that light just permeates every part of who you are and let it then just emanate from you. And what happens when that takes place? People see your good deeds. They see the the. the fruit of your life, the things that you do, and when they do, what happens? They glorify the Father in heaven. See, the the Son came to glorify the Father. Now, we are called to do the same. We're called to glorify our Father. Church, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. I, I have a picture here. Is one that everyone... Uh, would recognize it's that of a lighthouse and it's an appropriate picture for this message see a lighthouse shines in the midst of the darkness it, it warns people of where there's danger but it also gives hope it indicates where the harbor would be where the safe place would be uh, the lighthouse shines in the midst of the darkness and in the midst of the storms and it gives those who are out in the ocean out in a place where there's just absolute darkness, it gives them hope. It gives them a place that they can look to, that they can move towards, that God has called you to be a lighthouse, that he's placed you, and talked about this last week, he's placed you strategically where you are so that you can shine your light to your neighbors, to your friends, to your family, to your coworkers, to the people at the grocery store, and the hardware store, and wherever you go. That we're called to let our light shine, not some of the time, but all of the time. That everywhere we go and everything we do would allow, would allow the light of Jesus and the light of his love and the light of his truth to shine. I'm going to read this last passage, but we're going to leave this picture up because I, I want you to look at this lighthouse as I read these, these words. And just think about what Jesus did. So going back to verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Jesus, the Word of God, who is God, He became flesh. He moved into our neighborhood. He came into our world. He had relationship with people on this planet. He made his dwelling among us. And in the midst of that, he made the glory of his kingdom known. The glory of the one and only son, the savior of our souls, Jesus, the one who came from the father. That light became this beacon of, that Jesus became this light in the midst of a dark world so that all throughout generations would turn to him and put their faith and trust in him. And then Jesus says to us, you are the light of the world. This is what I'm calling you to be. This is where God is calling us to partner with him. He says, you are the light of the world and that we would bring this light to the world, listen to this, in the same way that he did, full of grace and truth. That we would bring grace and truth wrapped in light and love. Grace and truth. That we would move with grace. That we would extend grace. That we would be gracious people in the midst of a world that is antagonistic that is at, a, at odds, that is divisive, that the church of Jesus Christ, that the followers of Jesus Christ, that the sons and daughters of God are called to be grace-filled, gracious, living people. And in the midst of that, the truth of who God is would be revealed and that would all be packaged in light and love. Can I tell you that this picture, This image of people in the world, of what we're called to be as the church, is radical. It is countercultural and it is powerful. I hesitated to use the picture of a lighthouse because I feel like in so many ways it's been overused, maybe even in the church, and seems kind of passive. But I tell you what, when you're in a storm, there's nothing passive about a lighthouse. When you're lost, there's nothing passive about finding a light that would lead you to safety. You are the light of the world. And I wanna encourage you as we go, as we are the church in the world around us, as we as we display the light and the love of God, would you be a beacon? Would you be that strategically placed point of light in your community, in your sphere of influence so that people could see your good deeds and glorify your Father. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you came to save us, that you are the light that came into the world to reconcile, to redeem us, to restore us to the Father, to to give us the right to be sons and daughters of God. And thank you, Jesus, not only that your light came to us, but that your light now shines through us. And I pray, Lord, that we would steward that light, that we would be conscious, Lord, of that light, that we would be aware of the responsibility that comes in shining your light in a way that is filled with grace and truth. Cause us, Lord, to display your glory, that people would be drawn to you in Jesus' name. I want to invite you, if you're watching this service today and you've never said yes to Jesus, it says in, here in John that if you would believe in him, that you would have the right to be a son or a daughter. And maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. It's simple. It's just it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I receive you. I believe in you and I want to receive you. If that's you, If you're watching today and you're saying, Pastor Barry, I want to have that. I want to have that light. I want to have that life. Would you pray this prayer with me? Would you just repeat these words? Pray them, saying them out loud, but mean it in your heart. Dear Jesus, I receive the light and life you bring to me. I believe that you are the son of God sent to save me from my sin. I repent from all of my sin, from all of my wrongdoing, and I choose to follow you. I put my faith and my trust in you. Jesus, cause your light to shine in me and through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we would love to know. We would love to follow up with you and and send you some resources to help you as you start your journey with Jesus. Send us an email at prayer at thrivelandora.org. Uh, or say hi in the chat section. We would love the opportunity to connect with you. Church family, I love you. Have an amazing week as you go out and share the light of Jesus wherever you go. God bless you.